Hello, everyone, and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. We are your hosts. I'm Annette. Hey, I'm Ellen. And I'm Jen. Today, we're going to discuss a topic that relates to everyone, but can be especially challenging for people with ADHD, and that's motivation. So, mm. ladies, just out of your own personal experience, how would you define motivation? So let's start with you, Ellen. What is What does motivation mean to you? Mm, to me, motivation means I want to do something. I guess, yeah. And ugh, that's the problem okay. with my brain. It, I, it won't let me do something unless I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. okay, how about you, Jen? Such a good question. Like, because if you think about it, everybody thinks of their words slightly differently. So, and language yeah. is really important for expressing your ideas and how you see the world. But since we use so many of the same words and think of them differently, you know, things get misunderstood. But like, I don't know. I think of motivation as <clears throat> like my ability to basically pick myself up and do stuff that I may or may not want to do <laughs> so like oh. yeah just kind of like yeah your so even if you don't want to do something chutzpah whatever you want yeah. to call it like you know yeah just... yeah totally like even if you don't so want I think to do something more like you're grit, still just I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the American Psychological Association defines motivation as the force that gives purpose or direction to behavior and operates in humans at both in conscious and in unconscious levels. These motives are frequently divided into two different groups. One is physiological, so the need for uh, housing or for food, very organic motives. And then the second would be personal, which is your social or your uh, your community, your goals, your interests. And so those are the two groups that motivations are separated into. And an important distinction must also be drawn between internal motivating forces and external factors, such as rewards or punishments that can encourage or discourage certain behaviors. So that's the actual hmm. clinical definition of motivation. And, I like it. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And uh, the way that we kind of came up to, about uh, with talking about this motive and this uh, you know topic of motivation was because Ellen, you found something on the internet talking about internal and external motivation. So why don't you share with us uh, what what it is that you brought to our attention? Yeah. Yeah, so I uh, I was on Reddit as I do and um, found a video about like the the locus of control. And I think you're going to talk mm. to us a little bit about that, right? Um, but uh, it just got me thinking about about what motivates me and um, oh, just thinking back about you know my childhood, my upbringing, and uh, you know for me, I wasn't really pushed to do a lot of things. So I was one of those kids that was. Well, I, I was told I was very smart, but I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't rewarded for working hard. I was like, you know, like wh when it came to a challenge or something that I couldn't figure out, I just thought, oh, if I if I can't do it, then uh, I'm just not supposed to do it. I'm not supposed to try. You know, <laughs> like I only wanted to do things I was naturally good at. And so I never really developed like, uh, I guess, an internal sense of motivation. It was always just kind of a outward thing or I don't know yeah I've just it's just one of those things that I've been trying to figure out about myself lately you know how do I get myself more motivated to do things that are challenging or that I don't want to do you know that's my problem there so uh yeah that's what started that conversation yeah so uh okay. as as Ellen said the locus of control what that is is it's the internal source of being able to uh control what you believe and what you do based internally on the idea that you can do it that you have power over what you what you can accomplish and mm. what you can do whereas external forces such as what ellen said you know people saying oh you're it's because you're smart or it's because you're tall or it's because you're beautiful those are things that you 
personally can't control. You're just born with them. And so those yeah. are external motivating forces. And but when when it comes from external sources, then it's just you 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 tend to look at the world and the things that you do as oh well it's just the way it is and you know I can't I can't really do anything about it. Whereas people who say oh okay I can do this because I have an interest in this or I can do this I want this and so I will take it upon mm -hmm. myself to do this. The internalization of motivation tends to make people more successful. And there's lots of uh, studies that show that people who have internalized motivation, you know, using the locus of control, when they diet are like 60%, I read somewhere, 60% more likely to be successful in their diet than people wow. who think external motivation. Yeah, That's why amazing. I fail all diets. <laughs> wow. That makes sense, though, because if you feel yeah. like somebody or something is controlling like a puppet master, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, what are you going to do about that if somebody else is in control and you're not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or makes like, sense. well, I mean, we all had a religious upbringing and mm -hmm. um, I, I know that sometimes people will just attribute things to God's will. You know, don't have any oh, control yeah. over that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and that would be an external force. I'm doing it because right. God is watching me would be yeah. an external motivation. You're motivated yeah. by the pressure of an outside force instead of motivated within yourself to yeah. accomplish or yeah. you know, it's I'm a good person because God's watching me or internalized would be I'm a good person because I think that that's a valid and beautiful quality for humans to have. And so I am going to take that upon myself to live my life in that way. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we really got We got to think about why we're doing the things we do and like what we really believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, so with internal and external motivation. I want to hear from you ladies. Which do you relate more to? Do you relate more to in internalized motivation and motivating forces? I can do it. Or do you tend to uh, use external pressures such as deadlines or uh, because my parents told me to do it or because society told me to do it? Uh, which hmm. one do you relate to more? Let's start with you, Jen. Oh, so I'm kind of, I can kind of relate to them both. I feel like I'm once again in the middle with a mix of things here. <laughs> Yay. Our eternal uh, fence sitter. Yeah, exactly. Yep, the, the I am the eternal one. fence sitter. I am queen of the fence and the fence line is my throne. Um, yes. So I kind of relate to them both because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, like Ellen had already said, I was... I grew up in a religious household um, and I went to Catholic church. And, you know, when you go to church, uh, pretty much a church of any kind, I think, you are introduced to the idea that there is a greater force, something that's much more powerful than any human being on earth that's in control of the show here. And um, what form that takes and how that entity behaves is largely up to different cultures and and how they perceive it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, at the end of the day, that being is make is calling all the shots. It's making the rules. So you better abide by the rules or else in the afterlife, you're punished with some kind of punishment, <laughs> whatever the case may be. <laughs> so, you know, in, in the case of Catholicism, you get, you know, sent to purgatory where you're, you know, basically guilted into oblivion. And then, you get set, thrown into a lake of fiery hell, you know, just for, <clears throat> I don't know, eating fish on the wrong day or whatever. And <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever the heck you did, you know, maybe, maybe you sacrificed the wrong you. goat. Yeah. It was your neighbor's goat. You stole it. Dang. <sighs> so, in hell now, forever. Yep. In hell, forever. And you're burning forever because your skin becomes absolutely indestructible, but you can still feel pain. And <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was introduced to these things as a kid and felt to a certain degree like my life was not 
within my control exactly you know like there were certain things that could happen that could be totally outside of my control and they might completely upend my life turn it upside down inside out whatever and leave me in the gutter so and I have no clue no control over that whatsoever so you know there is a little bit of that in the way I operate. And I've, I've tried steadily over the years to rid myself of that mindset because it's just kind of, it's just kind of crap. Like, I mean, can you suffer from other people's behavior? Yeah, you can. But is there a thing watching you from the sky that, you know, will kill you if you think immoral thoughts? No. So, <laughs> so I mean, how do you see yourself being internally uh, having the internalized motivation. So when I was growing up in our house, we had very high standards um, for performance. So other kids could go to school, get straight C's on their report card, go home, and their family was like, hey, cool, you did your best. My family would have, like, I don't know how long I would have even been grounded for. I may not have come out. <laughs> C's were basically a failure. B's were just you know, like the minimum that you could get to not get in trouble. So if you have A's and B's, you know, a mixture of them, then you're good enough. And so I had to work really hard to please my family in that way. And I also took that into sports, um, pleased coaches in that way, because coaches are constantly wanting you to do more and more and more. And then when I served in the military briefly, you know, it was just continued there where you do your absolute best. You come, you, you know, work for your division, you do what you do your job and you do it well and you go home and you're happy that you did such a great job. (laughs) So, um, that's, so I kind of have these competing internal forces where at one point I'd be like, I can do it. What you're expecting, what you're right now, what you're describing is actually external because it was the pressure. That was the pressure from your parents telling mm-hmm. you that you had to have hmm. an A or a B. So that's an oh, external. That's and then the military also, mm. that's an external force because you were doing it based on somebody else's standards, not because you in and of yourself decided to do it. True. So mm. I so. would say that you mostly equate your motivation throughout your life as external. That's possible. I mean, I really like boil it down and think about it at that level. So it's totally possible. Every once in a while, I become internally motivated where I just want to do better at something, not because I have to, but because it will nag at me if I don't. And maybe that's my own. But even nagging at you because it doesn't, that's also external motivation. Oh, even when it's my own mind telling me that it's not good enough? Yes. Weird. Interesting. Okay, so internal is more like I want to do this because I want to do this. Yes. Because it's the right thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Like like if your parents had been like, we don't care what grades you get, but you're like, no, I must get A's because that's this is exactly what I must do. that's yeah that's inner yeah that, yeah uh, that's internal. Okay, that so makes sense. I basically took my external motivation and made a teeny tiny little naggy voice in my head and 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 just basically was like sick you know like go ahead and get her (laughs) yeah but this is actually good what you're saying right now because we're gonna dive into this a little bit more after we hear from ellen and you're gonna understand why you're like that and why you think of like that i'm super interested in why at this point (laughs) yeah so ellen which which do you relate more to internal or external Oh, probably external. I mean, at least historically in my life, just growing up, I always just wanted to, uh, you know, make my parents happy and make other people happy. And, you know, so my parents didn't exactly have like strict standards for us uh, with grades and whatnot, or really with anything, because they had very strict parents. And so the pendulum swung when it was Mm. time to raise my brother and I. And they were like, oh, we don't want to do anything that would cause trauma, you know. So, like, I never learned how to swim because on the first day of swim lessons, I was like, I hate this. I don't want to do this and was crying. And they were like, oh, my gosh, we don't want to upset her. You know, you'll never have to do this again, honey. (laughs) And so I never learned how to do anything that I wasn't naturally kind of good at already. You know, like I took a ton of art classes and, 
you know, music, whatever, just fun stuff that I wanted to do. But I never really got into sports because I wasn't really naturally great at them. And so my parents were like, that's okay. You don't have to. So here's a, here's a question I have for you is, okay. So you said you did all the things that you were interested in. Now, how deeply did you get into that? When it get hard, did you continue Mm -hmm. Did you push yourself harder to be better at those things or did you just skate on what was natural? You know, I would say mostly skate on what's natural. Um, (laughs) It's it's pretty rare (laughs) when a challenge will arise that I'm like, yes, I'm going to take that on. You know, usually I'm just like, that's for somebody else or, you you know, I, I, I just... I just like to be easygoing. I don't want to push myself too hard or stress myself out. (laughs) But, you know, I I, I did make a lot of decisions in my life, uh, you know, kind of based on what I thought other people wanted or just, you know, like, uh, well, like, you know, getting married (laughs) when I was 22. uh, In (laughs) retrospect, that was to please other people, not myself. That's a story for another day. But... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would like to be able to harness that internal motivation. I know it's in there somewhere, you know, it, it pops up every now and then, but yeah, <laughs> for the most part, it's more like that deadline's coming up. I got to do that. Or I'm going to disappoint that person if I don't do this mm-hmm. thing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, well, I think that, uh, everybody has a little push of internal motivation at times, but the people who are internally motivated uh, motivated tend to be the most successful people and uh, uh there is yeah. there's a lot of reasons for that but ladies this is an adhd podcast and so <laughs> we're gonna hit this on the nail on the head because yeah both of you described yourself as being externally motivated so you thought that you were a little internal but Actually, you're not. And uh, I'm the same, pretty much. Um, But most people with ADHD tend to respond best to external motivation. And the reason is they tend to get distracted or or procrastinate and only respond to the pressure of a deadline or pressure from another person. Because even Mm. though they want to do it, even though you feel like you want to do something... You just, Mm -hmm. you get distracted and you move on to other things and Mm -hmm. you uh, find it difficult to pull yourself back. And so even though you have the internal drive and desire, the ability to focus and keep your motivation is very hard. It's very difficult for people with ADHD. And there's Mm. a biological reason for that. Ooh, which is what? (laughs) So it's been recognized in throughout the medical professions throughout psychology psychiatry uh, for a long time that individuals with adhd tend to chronically have insufficient release of reloading the neurotransmitters of dopamine and norepinephrine and Mm. the synaptic junctions in the neurons that and the networks that uh, manage your executive functions so yes mine sucks yeah, so <laughs> what's happening is that those neurotransmitters, the, the chemicals are, are made in your body, but the neurotransmitters don't tend to send a signal at the same rate as somebody who is... Those uh, little you know, fuckers. Neuro- yeah. So <laughs> neurotypical people tend to have those things fire. So when they do one little action, they, they have enough of a dopamine response to it to be like, yay, I did something and move on to the next thing, right? But yeah. we have a pro- we have a problem having with the correct levels of neurotransmitters in our brain, the the chemicals getting to the next you know nerve synapse synapse that oh. we we require more of a dopamine response to be able yeah. to get that same feeling, which is why we fin- finish a task and we're like, Dang. and then yeah, we, <laughs> but we but <laughs> yeah. your brain. Your brain wants it and seeks out that dopamine response. So you end yeah. up, you know, getting stuck on a page with memes or uh, watching mm-hmm. an anime or, you know, 
how big is yeah. the country of Africa compared to Asia? And what is the land mass? And, and then you how start long listening is... to Africa, the Wait, song. Is Africa a yeah. country? It's Africa is a country? No, 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 no. Sorry, continent. Oh. No. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Brain fart. Yeah. Uh, there that's go. okay. I thought I thought narwhals were not real, so you know, <laughs> yeah. I can't talk. Well, you know, they both start with C, so you know. There you uh, go. Okay, okay, yeah. but, it's big. Yeah, so so that tends to be a um a problem. And um one one thing that uh people with ADHD also have a huge problem with is uh functioning working memory. And what working oh, memory God, is yes. it's it's that small amount of information that can be held in the mind for, uh, you know, the execution of cognitive tasks. So when you're mm-hmm. keeping something in the front of your mind because you have to get it done, that's yeah. your working memory. So basically, it's part of your short-term memory. People with ADHD tend to have a really hard time with their working memories and they don't have the bandwidth yes. that yes. people with neurotypical brains would have. And so mm. we, it's more difficult than others linking like various memories together okay Mm -hmm. and so if you know anything about how memories are created and stored they're stored using emotional chemical signals so if you're Mm -hmm. having a strong response emotional response to something that gets stored as a memory that will be uh come to mind much faster than uh Lots of other mm. memories. But the thing, too, is that Makes this sense. is not just conscious emotions. This is also <clears throat> unconscious emotions. So mm-hmm. uh, just recently, Constance Wu, who was on, uh, she was on uh, uh, Filthy Rich Asians and Off the Boat, I think it's called. I didn't oh, okay. get to watch it. But anyway, <clears throat> she had uh, she she was talking about a story where she said that a producer on the on the show was, you know, harassing her. And so once she was new to the industry, so you know, she put up with it for a couple of years. And then as she as the seasons went on, she was, you know, she felt job security. She wasn't gonna get fired. And so (laughs) the harassment stopped because she she could say no. But Mm -hmm. she was like, okay, well, now I can say no. So I don't have to deal with these emotions anymore. You know, I can, Mm -hmm. it it, it just is what it is. But then it was this huge thing on, uh, in the news and on Twitter that when they said that they were renewing it for one more season, she put out a tweet being like, that's terrible. And da, 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 you know, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you say that?" And she was like, "I thought I was okay, but as soon as that news came out, all of that emotion that I thought was dealt with just came out, and I put out a stupid tweet, and I didn't even know, like, I didn't even realize what I was doing." Wow! Oh wow! Wow! So, yeah, so you know, there's lots to say about, you know, you have your conscious feelings, but you also have unconscious feelings, and that's why, you know, certain things will like suddenly stress you out or and you're like, yeah. "Why am I upset about this?" But it, it's it's mm. it's connected to a memory somewhere, and that's just huh. triggering a memory even though wow. you don't know that it is. So, is that like is that like part of your subconscious basically? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's lots going on with your sense. subconscious. Wow. Very we have subconscious emotions. <laughs> I have yes. lots oh of. Uh, I have yeah. I have lots of subconscious emotions about all the chores that I need to do, but don't want to do them, and so they just stress me out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and <laughs> there you for go. Neuro- yeah, for neurotypical people, they're watching a football game happening just right in front of them, right? And they can mm-hmm. see everything. They can see how everything on the field connects and how everything is. But people with ADHD, because of the their the problems with the working memory, it's kind of like watching a football game through binoculars, mm-hmm. right? Ooh. Yeah. Because you're not seeing the whole field. Yeah. And you're not seeing how everything connects. So yeah. doing your tasks in order or do seeing things and how they connect. And if I do this, then this, then this 
Mm. It's the ability to be able to do that with the ADHD brain is really, really tiresome. And it's a struggle because all we see see is that moment in those lenses and that's it. And so it it becomes really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. But really, though, it's hard to watch football. There's so many guys on the field. They're all doing different things. You don't know where the ball went. Like, I just give up. And your ADHD brain is only watching one player and one ball. Right. I can watch basketball Mm -hmm. because it's one guy at a time with the ball. You don't really have to worry too much about what the other people are doing. But football is like this really, like, team sport. And so... Yeah, you kind of have to look at everything at once. Yeah, soccer too, because you, you got to look at what's yeah. like happening in the background, even though one person has the ball at a time. You know, there's lots of moving parts. That's true. Actually, I'm sure people would roast me about the basketball thing too. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's easier. Yeah. yeah. And the oh ball is just nice and big. It's easy to focus on. <laughs> you, know what, yeah. you know what the easiest sport to watch is? Golf. Mm. What? <laughs> yeah, but it's That's so like boring, watching paint dry. If I want to, yeah. if I want to yeah. take a nap, <laughs> but like, Ugh. holy crap! Like this reminds me of like all through my life, I would go to do something, and I'd be like, "Oh, cool! I got this thing finished." And then I go on to the next task, and I would instantly be like, "Oh crap! I should have done this before the other thing because of this one thing." Like maybe you know, the order was off and I had to redo something because I didn't do something right because I should have done thing before it. Well, it's not just prioritizing. She was saying that you only see the one thing. So I saw individual things that had to be done without a conscious order to the mix. Right. So like if you do one thing, you might have to go back and then redo part of the thing you did if something else affects it. But I've always been really bad at that. So I've had to do like double the work to get, you know, the one thing done. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like building an Ikea table, but only reading one page at a time, but starting not on page one. Right. You start at like step five and then you go back to step three and then you go back, you go forward to step 10 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I so hate building furniture. <laughs> yeah, me too. But so <laughs> so to to be able to have proper motivation, you need willpower. I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. much a How do I get some? Okay, well we're going to get there. We're going to get okay. there. Yes. Okay. Um, but I'll pay. I mean, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> the apps aren't getting you there, Ellen. <laughs> No, the apps the apps suck. <laughs> but what yeah. about the astrology? <laughs> yes, you know I love my astrology. External though, external motivated. Yeah, you know? oh. so I can't control what Jupiter's doing. <laughs> Nobody can. Yeah, see, exactly. So stop blaming know. it on Mercury it's and retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yep. maybe uh, that's why I like astrology. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. I have a quote from uh, Thomas E. Brown, he, Dr. Doctor Thomas E. Brown, and he is educated at Yale. And he Ooh, is smart. an expert in assessing and treating ADHD. And he, talking about motivation and willpower, he says, and I quote, ADHD is not a matter of willpower. It is a problem with the dynamics of the chemistry of the brain. See, it's not my it's not my fault. Well, very external of you. And in this article I read that he wrote, I have the best, the Ooh. best analogy really? for willpower in ADHD. Okay. Yes. You're what gonna it, love this. Okay. Okay. So I've got a sexual metaphor you can Ooh. use to explain what it's like to have ADHD, his article mm-hmm. says. It's like having erectile dysfunction of the mind. (gasps) If the task you are faced with is something that turns you on, something that is really interesting for you, you're up and for it and you can perform. But if the task is not something that's intrinsically interesting to you, if it does not turn you on, you can't get up for it and you can't perform. It doesn't matter 
how much you tell yourself I need to or I ought to. It's just mm. not a willpower kind of thing. Oh, I've got a limp dick brain. I mean, you know, it <laughs> makes sense now. My brain I wonder how many dudes right now are like, see, it's not my fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wow, so that is a great analogy though. Yeah, that's that really, is great. really great. Yes. So my there brain is will a, only get up when it wants to. Yeah, so there is a biological reason your brain is like that. It's not mm. your personal failing. It's not something that you did in your life to have, you know, caused this to happen or you don't yeah. have you just don't have enough get up and go. Neurotypical yeah. people will tell you as an ADH person, they'll be like well, you just make yourself. But the yeah. thing is, with yeah. the ADHD brain, yeah. <laughs> but with the ADHD brain, you can't make yourself do mm -hmm. it. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. So there are, if you look up on the internet, uh, you know, tricks for uh, motivation and ADHD. I mean, mm -hmm. you'll find I'm, deadlines all over it. <laughs> oh God! Well, look. Okay. I studied psychology. I understand <laughs> this subject fairly well. I also uh -huh. am somebody with ADHD. And I read mm -hmm. these lists and I'm just like, <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Be because okay, the apps are the same way. The yes, apps don't so work. Psychology Today has this whole article that's like, you need to use the grit method. Okay, let me explain uh, to you what the grit method the is. Grit method. Yeah, this is what I thought of as my internal motivation here was Ooh, like the grit, grit aspect of it. Yes. Make yeah. myself do it. Yes. So grit, the G stands for get sit situated. So like grab your shit that you're gonna need and you know put it okay. in front of you oh, to get it done. Oh, so this is an acronym. This is starting yes, out. Yes, well. it's an acronym. Okay. okay. Yes. So that would actually be helpful. Okay. I want to do this task. Yeah. Let's gather everything. Okay. So actually yeah, kind of sense. helpful. The okay. R is for resist distraction. <laughs> Can somebody. Sorry. Did they know their audience? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like as somebody with no. ADHD, I'm like, um, how do it's I impossible. Yeah, how do I resist a distraction? Like set I can't alarm? take my own brain out of my head. It's just it's there. It's gonna get distracted. That's just what it does. No, it's yeah. like yeah. yeah, what do you what do I do? Set an alarm for myself for every three minutes yeah. and be like, Are you distracted yet? Then I'll get distracted <laughs> by the alarm. So yeah. Okay, so right. point one, great. Point two, yes. I have a little bit of an uh, an nope. issue with that. And then I is identify incentives and inquire about support. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they put like well, two okay. things in there. Yeah, so like... So, assuming people understand what that means, yeah. <laughs> or like how to apply it to their everyday it's, life. Well, it's like, oh, I got one thing done today. I can have a snack. It's like, you know, how you give Ooh. snacks and uh, treats to toddlers for like doing yeah. a job well done or a gold star. Yeah, basically uh -huh. that's what it's saying. Okay, your gold star. Yeah. Yes, but we all know that, you know, we have ADHD and uh we sit there and go, I'm gonna have my treat now. Yeah. And it just Yeah. <laughs> it just I'm doesn't work. I already I worked hard and, five minutes ago. Yeah. It, we, <laughs> impulse <laughs> control. Hello. So the T uh T yeah. is time management. Oh, time management <laughs> shit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Screwed. Man, I used to respect psychology today. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you could no, still kind of. I'm kidding. You know, psychology yeah. today, if any of you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, do better with your grit method. Yeah, but yeah. so the, a lot of these lists you can just tell are written by neurotypical people. So, oh, yeah. like, oh, for just, sure. If you yep. just look up ADHD pro, pro, uh, productivity hacks, it's like no more multitasking. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know, if Turned. I can count on like all of, uh, if I could count all the times, if I could get a nickel for every fucking time somebody <laughs> has told me to just, you know, manage my time better or just be more organized or just mm -hmm. make myself do something. I would probably be a goddamn millionaire by now. Yeah. And you know can't what? Can't you just? Yeah, no, I, I can't. I just 
sometimes you just you want to mm, mm. <laughs> you know yep. i have no words actually i have a lot of words i have too many words i mean for i what think I would that like neurotypical people just truly don't know what it's like to have an ADHD no they brain. don't no. they cannot comprehend no. how it, it, it they're you know they're like how could you forget that you know it's like i'm sorry that's just what my brain does yeah in in yeah. in a class i mean like my professor said you know some of these things and i'm just like and at that time i didn't know i had adhd but i'm like yeah i was like oh cool motivation things i kind of have an issue with that like how do i be more productive and he's like <laughs> he's like saying some of these things and i'm like how how do i do time management do i do i right. like do I write yeah. like at 10, 10, I need to do this at 10, yeah. 20, I need to do this. But if I'm in the task, am I going to look at the clock? No, no. Cause hyper focus. Yeah. yeah. Hyper focus. I mean, if so, you're, mm -hmm. if you're really in it, mm, good luck. And so ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, uh, <laughs> just know if you Google that the majority of the things that they tell you to do, are not going to be helpful for you whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Now, I will give it to, I will hand it to the Metro UK because they have a web page that is, uh, it's called Productivity Hacks that actually work for people with ADHD. And I was like, no. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, this is, this is, this is not going to be a thing. Actually, they had. Very, very good advice. Really? Ooh, yes. So I'm going to share, share some of these with you. Yes. Okay. So one of the first things they say is speak to your boss about flexible working. Yes. So that has been huge for me. That's good. So mm -hmm. people with ADHD need to work in short chunks. So if you're just sitting at your laptop, you're not going to be getting anything done. But if you tell your boss, hey, so uh, like, I'm going to do this and then this, and you can even work, you can be and be there for a longer period of time, but just be like, um, I, I plan to do this, this, this. And if you're more of a morning person, then come in earlier in the morning. If you're more of an evening person, see if you come in like later in the evening, but deal with hmm. your productive because every person has times of the day where they're super productive and then times of yes. the day where they're not. I am hmm. not a morning person at all. So... Uh, <laughs> No. So I would I would want to work later in the evening. And luckily, teaching English as a private, you know, institution, I'm able to do that. So that was a really good thing. Oh. And then the, the next thing they said was be honest when you're struggling to focus. Hmm, that's so it's better oh. to even even though saying I'm I'm really having a hard time focusing. It looks like a damaging thing back on you, but it's better to put it out front and just say, "Look, I I'm having mm -hmm. I'm struggling with this. You know, is there anything we can do?" Putting it up front yeah. instead of waiting for a problem to pop up. Yeah. It's good to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm actually like I'm a super brutally honest person and I'm sitting here trying struggling to understand what it would feel like to be honest about this one thing because this is an area where I am traditionally never honest because it seems like society wants an answer like why haven't you done this thing and I couldn't focus is never a good enough answer for other people so you have to find yeah. something like well I couldn't have done it because of this thing you know right. I just got a late start excuse. because of that thing yes and then it becomes once yep. again an external source of control yeah. there you go there you go i know i wish there wasn't so much morality assigned to to this sort of thing you know it's like people yeah. think you're a bad person because you didn't do something it's well ugh. but i think i honestly think that uh one of the best things to have come out of the pandemic for the for people with adhd is that now there's there's more remote working and uh, working hours are more yes. flexible. People have yes. become more yeah. flexible. And so uh, for uh, people who aren't neurotypical, the, you know, that can actually be a huge bonus. So oh, yeah, my boss has ADHD. Yeah. And so he, yeah, he'll just, he'll be working on something and just be like, I can't do this anymore. Yep. Bye. <laughs> At least he knows his limits. Yeah, yeah. 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 So both of us kind of, we work in chunks and, 
take breaks when we need to. And so, yeah. There right. you go. I was watching, I was watching a TED talk that was talking about um, how ADHD people, like most of the really successful business people out in the world, probably all have ADHD. And there was this guy who was talking about facts. Like, I, I wish I could remember names and everything, but this is, you know, always been kind of a weak point for me is re- remembering names. <laughs> Same. So, so yeah, I mean, it was a TED talk of some kind about ADHD and how it's a huge benefit when you own your own business. So yes, like a lot of the small business people stuff, and yeah. medium sized business people, the yes. leaders of <laughs> are ADHD people and here's Annette and she's got you know a couple of businesses <laughs> and <laughs> then there's Ellen who's working for a startup so it's like a clean slate it's the cleanest slate you can have without owning your own business and yeah, yeah. then there's me who will you know I've been freelancing for over a decade here and there to just kind of make ends meet and then I had a cleaning business and then you know like just... And you've made a bomb ass web page for this podcast. Ah! Yes, <laughs> that's true. Are you writing your book? I've made a pretty good web page for the podcast too. It's, yeah, we're all doing you know, work that seems to suit us well. It's just coming together. I'm, I'm well, happy with it. Part of that is be, because what... if you're ADHD, you're creative, but you're not good at the paperwork. So then you build your yes. business and you hire people who are good at the paperwork. That's right. We don't like the paperwork. Mm. Okay, I have a question though. Uh-huh. Okay, so because I've also heard that what Jen was saying that a lot of successful people have ADHD. ADHD. But Annette, what you were saying at the beginning is that um, the most successful people are internally motivated and people with ADHD are more likely to be externally motivated. So So, I'm trying to like make sense. So that's a very good question because uh, what what tends to happen and what I mean, when you said that you felt both internally and externally motivated, now I want all Mm -hmm. I want the both of you to sit back and think about when we started this podcast. Where yeah. where has your work come from? Where has your motivation come from? Internal. Yes. Because it's fun. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so I want re- to. Yes. The reason why people with ADHD tend to be good at business and successful at business, and not all of them, but the ones who are, is because mm. they found something that's fun and excites them. And they're yeah. able to internalize their motivation and turn it into success. That makes sense. There you go. You just got to find your passion. You find what you love. Yep. Yes, find what you love. You'll yeah. never work a day in your life or whatever that guy. <laughs> so when when people say that, you know, I that you do stuff for other people, that's an external motivating source. But what if like I genuinely really do like to help people and make them happier? Is that considered an internal thing if I'm doing a job that like, like I wanted to, um, you know, delve more into editing instead of just freelance writing because, you know, freelance writing is cool and everything, but editing just makes me go, oh, cool. I could make this other person's story or article the best that it can be and I can help them get there because I have the knowledge to do so. Is that internal? So no, uh, yes, that would be internal. The reason is if you just if you listen back to what you just described, you're talking about how it makes you feel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't so have to do with them. My, you're not doing it to please so that the person. place that I right. thought was an external motivator is actually the internal motivator, and the thing that I thought was the internal motivator is actually the <laughs> external motivator. Yeah. It's Damn. yes. Yeah, it's 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 really you know you really have to you know think think out you know what yeah. is internal and what is external. So thanks, the science of the motivation. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. Oh so when you're feeling when you when you're getting that dopamine boost for yourself from something that you're doing of your own volition, yes, yeah. that's an inner internal model and motivating force. Even if you're doing it for other people, you're doing it because okay. you you are excited by it. You want to okay. do it and you so, you are willing to put the work into it. You there you told go. us that you were going to help us get more internal motivation, right? Yeah, yeah so <laughs> 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 She's all what do you want to do? You did touch on it a little bit and a lot of uh a lot of building uh internal motiv- motivation for people with ADHD is finding mm-hmm. the thing that you love and 
you know, focusing on that. And but what about chores and nah. exercise and things no, that I'll no never thanks. want to do? Well, you <laughs> yeah. know, you can... Do I just have to find a fun way to take yeah, out the trash? Yeah, that's a, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is, you know, finding creative ways, you know, because yeah. pretty much people with ADHD tend to be more crea- creative people, uh, just yeah. tend. I mean, that doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that everybody <laughs> is, but if you, if you find a way to make it, the task enjoyable, even though it's not yeah. enjoyable, um, yeah. then, you know, you can, but here's another thing, guys. It's like on this Metro list that I was talking about, like there's some really good things. In here, oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Cost. We totally, you did yeah. listed like the first one and then we took it no, on. Uh, two, two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> okay, on, on that Oops. is like, be more creative with your to-do list, you know? So yeah. like being artsy with it or breaking something into smaller tasks and doing a little by little or, you know, those kind of things. Mm. But then uh, it's it talks about hacking your concentration so that you can zone in and, uh, you know, listening to music will help. It tends to help people with oh, ADHD. Yeah, that does help. yeah mm-hmm, it tends mm-hmm. to help help you focus. And so listening to music, you know, if you're cleaning your house, yeah. put on some music, you know, on the speakers yeah. and get cleaning and dance around with it, you know. Or get high. Fun. Well, and... <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, yeah, or good eye. Uh, one of the there other things that it said is, don't be afraid to delegate. Yeah, I mean, and I so, do pay uh, someone to mow my lawn because I just that was that was one of those tasks that I tried so hard and I just con- continually failed. I just finally had to say, "Fuck it, I can't do this. I got to pay someone." Yeah, <sighs> and uh, you know. Even, you know, doing chores, doing chores by yourself. I mean, if you live alone, it could, you know, that sucks. I'm sorry. Mm. But, uh, I just need to get my kids to do more. Yeah. But doing, <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes doing chores with your kids can, can be fun. You know, like you, it, yeah. you, you know, do this, but be okay with them not doing it perfect. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, trust me. But, yeah. you know, that say, I like delegation. Like to tell your kids, hey, you know, you're going to do this little piece of the work, you tiny child slave. And then you get them going. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have to listen to many versions of me whining for 15 minutes while I yeah. force them to do it. Do you I'm want fine. them? Do you want them to wash the bathtub? Take some bathtub soap. Have them put some food coloring in it that's not going to stain, just a little bit. Make it like witch juice and have them spray down the stuff and like make oh, art with it. You're such a creative mom. I love it. <laughs> See, I would never think of shit like that. I would just be like, just do it. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, I got to think about how to make it fun for them. Yeah, because if they're having the same problem I am, which they probably are, like, I don't want to do this task. Yeah, how can yeah. we make it more interesting? And that's an interesting part about being an ADHD mom. And, you know, if you have, you know, children who are not, uh, you know, neurotypical, then you already have, you know, you have the ability to kind of like, you know, empathize with them. And maybe if it's fun, uh, I have a rule in my English school that I always tell my teachers and I'm like, look, if I'm not having fun, they're not having fun either. And if they're not having fun, mm. then they're not going to be learning anything because, you know, you you store memories based off of, you know, like I said, you know, do- dopamine and uh, norepinephrine yeah. is like, <clears throat> you know, those, those, those are the memory storing chemicals. So, mm. like, <laughs> if I'm not having fun, they're not having fun. If mm. I'm having fun, mm. they'll be having fun. So if you're doing chores and you think it's boring, imagine your children. Yeah. So. You know, makes sense. And there's little, uh, yeah, there's little things you could do. And, you know, positive reinforcement instead of punishments, you know, punishments should be Mm -hmm. reserved for, you know, when they did something really wrong. But like taking something away to make them do chores, if you can avoid it, you know, give, Mm -hmm. always, always give positive reinforcements and then they're more willing to help you. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's funny because I've been kind of, it's just so funny. It's like, I just kind of expect them to, it's like, I keep thinking like, well, you guys should just, you should do chores because it's just the right thing to do. You live here, you know, we all share this house. It's just, you, you should mm. feel, you should feel obligated to help out a little more, but it's like, but, I don't feel obligated to help myself. I just do it because, you know, <laughs> you're awesome. I, 
You're also asking kids that do not have a fully developed <laughs> exactly, prefrontal I cortex know. to have a very advanced emotional <laughs> feeling. Yeah, it's, that's not going to happen. No, they they can't mm. process that concept no, yet. They no. can't. No. no. <laughs> And I can't charge them rent, wow. so they're only yeah. five and ten. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it! Not yet. That's what child support no. is for. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's their rent. <laughs> they need to earn their keep somehow, though. But I think by making chores a little more fun, maybe that will help, and will help me as well. Well, you know, yeah. Uh, if you need any ideas of boring, like how to make boring things fun, I mean, that's what I do for a living. Oh. So. You know, perfect. Mm, yeah, I love you it. You do. But yeah. <laughs> so I hope you guys, you guys learned something. And oh, uh, definitely. Totally. Yeah. And... Yeah. Like I can now explain the history of my behavior. <laughs> there you go. And I do like this Metro UK link. I think it has a lot of good information in it. So we're going to go ahead and link that into the uh, the podcast description so you guys can take a read if you, that interests yeah. you because there's a lot of really good advice and good things and uh, I encourage you if you have the time and you're really trying to find ways to uh, motivate yourself and to be productive the, these ones actually yep. actually look like they'll work <laughs> so uh, <laughs> oh I, my gosh. I very and much recommend how many them. times have we read stupid listicles that were like nah no 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 fuck that that's not gonna work like yep. <laughs> i think people listicles. with ADHD have had their fill yeah it's so. like yes it's like the the gynecological textbooks that are talking about what what it feels like to have a period or pcos <laughs> but it's written by a man Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. How the they hell know. are they going to know? They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't know. Yeah. So yeah. if so you're going to ask people who have ADHD and who have become successful, oh, wait a minute. That reminds me. One more question. Yeah. yeah. We need to have one of those people on this podcast so we can interview them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the beginning, Annette, you said that um, it was actually a good thing that I had taken my external motivators and turn them into weird little naggers why is that a, how is that a good thing it seems like such a weird catholic school guilty sort of icky thing but like why is that why is that good oh, because because th- that gives you an internal dialogue like you're you're just dialoguing and you're an you're you're an author so you're already thinking yeah. of dialogue constantly so basically True. you're just having a dialogue mm. with your subconscious or like you know with the you're you're oh. you're, you're putting forth two opposing sides and ne- negotiating between them which is actually a really skillful thing to have so i i oh. think that that's actually cool. that's a wonderful skill to be able to have so oh neat yeah. thanks <laughs> oh, that's why it's good okay <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time that we have for this episode about motivation. Uh, this thanks good. for jo- yeah, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and we hope you learned something today. And we hope that you'll join us again for the next episode. So, as always, yes. keep laughing, keep trying, keep reaching, and as always, Basel time. Basel time. Basel time. <laughs>